Blog Talk Radio. featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Hmm. Here we go. Yeah, we are. We are on the road, which, considering that would be nice... (laughs) I would go sit outside and say, we'll do this and we'll interview you. What do you think of the, the tarot? And I think my, my um, neighbors would definitely freak out on that one. <laughs> They've already got going on. So we are we are looking at our, our next major account card. Yes. Um, yep. So how was your week? Uh, well, you know, we're continuing to shelter in place here, so that's always fun. Um, Elvira and I, you know, always do a little bit of a personal check-in before we start the show. And, you know, the, the state of California has changed the rules, but the the county that we live in has not. So although uh, the restrictions have loosened for the state, it's up e- up to each county to decide what is going to happen for that county and our county has said no we're going to be doing this for at least two more weeks so that actually makes me feel good I'm glad for that and you know like I'm I was giving this week sort of a like a test to see like maybe next week I'll start doing some very specific hours at milk and honey where people can either, you know, do curbside pickup or call in and do a phone order because I haven't been doing anything like that. So now I'm like, okay, well, we've got two weeks. Let's give this this shop hour thing a shot. Let's see what happens. So I'm <laughs> going to start gonna start doing some hours, just Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from, a, from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m., so not a ton of time. But, you know, people want to call in and place an order instead of ordering online and then do curbside pickup. And, you know, we're going to give it a shot. But, you know, the world is weird and it's weighing on me. Um, it's been a rough week. There's more um, violence against black people from police. There's been a, two deaths this week uh, perpetrated by a police against minorities, and it just makes me ill. There's rioting happening in Minneapolis. There's a pandemic. Our president is an idiot. It just feels really heavy for me. This And it's Venus retrograde, right? Let's just throw that in there, too. So it's hard. <laughs> it's real hard. And, and I'm finding, you know, personally, I'm finding myself challenged to maintain my daily practice. And, uh, you know, I'm not an optimist, generally speaking. I tend to be pretty pessimistic and I'm working real hard to not succumb to to the to the darkness right now. I'm trying to to find the the silver linings and what's going on. So it's I'm struggling. I think that's normal. Um, yeah. How are you? <laughs> wow. Hey, we're gonna sound like you know the the instead of two bubblies, it's two flats. 
you know. Yeah. Um, well, I think that realistically, this has been a hard week. Um, mm-hmm. As you say, the the external world, I mean, we've got the pandemic, obviously, that is part of the this situation that has boiler-potted the whole process that we're now seeing. Yeah. But we're also seeing violence and and aggression and um you know at this point i think one thing i have to say is that the um the governor the mayor uh specifically the mayor of minneapolis has made a point of saying nope we are going to take care of these people and there's it's almost as if the forces of dark and no pun intended and the forces of light are playing out in these smaller arenas. And, and when I say dark, it's not because um, obviously we both feel very strongly about the use of that word in a positive way, you know, but yeah. we're talking about the the heavy side, the side that is, is um, mean and evil and bigoted and, 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 you know, comes from that perspective. And you're right. I've seen, you know, I turn on the news if I do turn on the news. Or, um, you know, uh, I get a, a feed from, you know, Yahoo or, or Google. They send feeds for news. Or even on our Facebooks, they have um, feeds for uh, news. And yeah. this is when you're seeing it. I mean, yes, the man that was bird watching in New York and the woman and, you know, and that poor dog. I mean, I you know, know, the dog man, was a that dog. Lady. That yeah. was, that, of all the things, I feel, I feel for the black man. I, I'm under, you know, I, but I, my heart went to that freaking dog because it was like the, the owner was being um, not only inconsiderate of the circumstances, but a, a poor owner. A owner yeah. that doesn't care. I mean, you think, oh, let the dog run. But, you know, I have to walk my dogs here in the park, and they have a leash law in the park, but it's in compliance to the leash law that is in Santa Rosa. And mm-hmm. there's a reason, you right. you know, so that it's safety for the for everyone, including the dogs. And mm-hmm. um, it that whole thing just jarred me. And then, as you say, the thing in Minneapolis. And, and I mean... They, they went across 101 in Southern California and stopped traffic, stopped the freeway. Yeah. Um, it's answers to the unrest that has started to be propagated in the manner that it is being propagated. And I am yeah. uh, very disturbed. But I also feel, I guess I am, I am the opposite You'd be the pessimist. I'm the optimist. I am Sagittarius, <laughs> and you know Jupiter and all of that. But there is a balance. And interesting enough, um, the card we will be talking about, the Wheel of Fortune, has a lot of that built into it, especially in the esoteric um, references that exist. Um, yeah. So there's something here that I'm, yeah. I'm trying to to pull back and still stay. You know. I mean, come on, the best Democrat is a dead Democrat. That doesn't even take into account nationality or color of skin. That's just a whole segment, you know. No, but it it is based off on a a very racist thing to say. It's disgusting and despicable. And I've felt like that, that man whose name I will not say out loud, I've felt like he's a disgusting pig most of my adult life uh, Mm -hmm. because he is. But now, mm-hmm. you like anyone who still supports him is showing their true colors, and that they're a racist and a bigot. If you support a racist and a bigot, then you are saying that you're okay with that. You are one. I'm just done with like, well, maybe and but nope, nope. There is the line in the sand. I'm no longer tolerating anyone's shenanigans around it. He's a disgusting. Yeah human waste of space. Ugh. Ugh, the I know. falling apart. <laughs> yeah, well, it it does have that feel and I do see that. And you know, we we it's just 
I guess that added to, you know, more personal, intimate things, as I was telling Phoenix before the show, is that mm-hmm. I'm going through a great remorse and and grief and anger yeah. at myself for not having put my place up for sale sooner and been able to move where I was planning to, to be near my daughter and grandchild and people there and, you know, being the just the whole process. And she wisely yeah. and sagely said, well, that's, that's Venus retrograde. And I'm going, yes, I know. It still doesn't help. The, I mean, that's an intellectual point of reference that can you can get a life raft like they did in Titanic where that thing was yeah. sort of floating around, you know. Yeah. And I feel that way. I feel like the Titanic has sunk and yeah. we are waiting because it is mm-hmm. it is the discovery of what is coming up. And yet my personal life is is... I mean, I'm still here. I have, you know, the things I'm doing. I feel, you know, the the circumstances still have positiveness. I do feel, as you do, that it was it's still too soon to open up a lot of things because we yeah. just had the Memorial Weekend, which, I swear to you, I wonder where everybody's – there's a switch that goes off. And I can't blame mm-hmm. it on the heat because I know that's always a good one. But they, yeah. they you know, open patio and everybody's smack dab against each other with no – some had masks, some didn't. Oh, the wow. pictures they were showing, mm-hmm. most of them didn't. And I was just mm-hmm. like, my, my, my mind is going, I'm not, I'm not ready for us no. to try and jump in again, even though part of me no. really wants it. But, caution seems um, important right now, you know. Yeah. Caution. Believe me, no one's liking this. <laughs> I got excited when my hairstylist, out of nowhere, I get my text going. Well, it looks like I can probably be, you know, we're going to be taking things. So tell me a time in a day that you would like. And I'm like, I was out doing something, so I didn't get the text. You know, it didn't ring um, for me to hear it, and so I came down and I looked and I'm going, oh my god. So. Um, I basically didn't answer right away, and then he kind of sent me another way. He says, oops, got overly excited, and we're not opening. So, um, you know, that kind of thing. So I said, well, here's the date that I would like if we get around to that time frame that it is actually open. Otherwise, I'm going to go to Arkansas with a skunk-like look, (laughs) you know, the the white. It isn't even gray. It's white. And I'm like, going, okay, all right, you know, facade, whatever. But I think that um, it's 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 better to, to err on caution right now. Um, yeah. And I'm fine. You know, I'm not like jumping up and down like, yay. But I'm kind of going, okay. So I think that's how I feel about this week. And I've noticed that as we've talked before, and we'll reiterate this because these major arcana cards specifically are about the journey of the soul, the spirit, Mm -hmm. and each of us. So it does impact us in our personal life in certain ways. We, it, it happens that, and sometimes it's not even like I choose this card and that's what's going to work with me in the light that that particular week. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I, I mean, that's the, like, the real high-in-line stuff. But this is more right. like, okay, so this is the wheel. And, you know, we will talk a lot about the different pieces of what the uh, the uh, imagery is. But yeah. it really is that. And I, I'm like, okay, how does that, yeah. in general, how does it impact me? And, you know, it's been really kind of interesting. Of course, I will say one side note, and then we'll get started. Um, and I did tell... Phoenix is in graphic detail, which I will spare everybody. Um, <laughs> the the time of spring is hatching, hatching things. And the heat that we just had here in San Rosa, Sonoma County was very high heat yeah. uh, for three days. And so a lot of things hatched. And I, of course, happened to be in a place where I did not know that the particular chair I was sitting in must have been a very nice cocooned area for a bunch of spiders to, or a spider to lay her little eggs in. And so when I sat in it and sweated in the heat, 
I obviously helped hatch these little ones and, of course, became their first meal, which was very interesting because I've never had that kind of experience. So it was both angering, scary, and disturbing. And um, so that was part of – that was a – a real interesting thing, and I'm still trying to work on the the aspect of the spider as a yeah. um, totem, so to speak, or a sacred animal or insect that has yeah. to do with, you know, me personally. I do know yeah. that she may have been pissed off because I did take away a lot of their, um, her habitats around my door and the lights that I have at my outside porch lights. But I didn't quite think that she would have such a, a return factor of, you know, because I didn't kill anything. I just took out spider webs. So I'm still working yeah. on that. So we'll see what comes up. So the Wheel of Fortune. The Wheel of Fortune, yes. yes. Well, yes. and those of you that are playing along at home, we've been going through the major arcana. And kind of doing a deep dive on each of the major arcana cards. Today we reach the Wheel of Fortune, which is number 10, but it's the 11th card in the major arcana, which is crazy to think this is our 11th episode or 11th week doing this exploration. It's kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the Wheel of Fortune, it's number 10, so that's an important thing to note. I'm sure we'll circle back around to the numerology of that, but it's a big deal. We've left the single digits and move to the double digits and 10 is this weird number of beginnings and endings because um, it's the one is zero it adds together to one it's very interesting and complicated and the, I find of all the cards in the major arcana I find the wheel of fortune to be the most complex based on the imagery there's a lot going on in this card a lot yes yes more so than as I as I was reading, going God, I didn't read. I forgot about. Oh my, oh my goodness, you know. Right. As readers, we yeah. we are dealing a lot with. And I don't want to say superficial because it's not fair to anyone who we work with, but there are things that are asked and we deal with. But you know, most of the time, it's not about the the bigger layers that that are below the surface that have all of these other meanings because you know even those of us that have studied it we go oh wow that's a layer mm-hmm. of you know, intensity so oh, that yeah. being said you know I will I love how we do this you have got a really good flair for for the for the imagery and and talking about it and then I kind of spurred in with some of these other little things. So I'm turning this over to you to describe this beautiful card. Yeah. So again, if you've been playing along at home, you know that we're talking about the original Rider-Waite-Smith deck and that there are lots and lots and lots of options out there when it comes to tarot cards. Most of the modern decks are based off of the Rider-Waite-Smith version, most of them. So uh, if you are using a different deck and you're like, that's not what the artwork looks like in my deck, then you probably don't have a Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Um, <laughs> but, but most folks who make their own decks do stick to the major symbology. So uh, it's, it's also interesting to see how the artist of your deck may have made adjustments or changes and how that might change the meaning card. So, you know, play along at home. Um yeah, so this this card, the imagery is like the most complicated in my opinion. There's so much going on, and it's important to remember that um, uh, weight and writer were both involved in magical orders. Um, they were hermeticists. They were part of the Golden Dawn, and um, and all of that is seen in the imagery of these cards and how they uh, ask for these cards to be drawn. So overall, if you look at this card, in the very center is a wheel, and there's some fancy writing around the edge of the wheel and an interesting and strange symbol in the middle. Uh, in each of the corners, there are, is a cloud with a creature, and each creature or entity has a book. So there is a, an angel, 
There is some sort of bird, eagle, phoenix, maybe. There's a lion with wings. And there is a bull with wings. And they all have books out. There's a little snake on the left-hand side that's all squiggly and, and facing downward. It's like moving down. And then uh, going from the bottom of the wheel up around to the right side is what you might look at and think is some sort of red devilish creature. I'll come back to that in a minute. And then sitting on the very top of the wheel is a sphinx with a sword in her hands. Her tail is tucked between her legs, moving in front of her. And a sword is in her hand, pointing up across towards the, the perhaps it's the eagle, perhaps it's the phoenix. We don't, we don't know, or do we? Um, so that's, I mean, that's just a fast little overview of the imagery here. But all of this is like a fuck ton of stuff. Yes. <laughs> There's like so much here. Um, And, you know, the thing, this card, the tarot is based off of an older system, which was a fortune telling system. But the further back you go, it became, it was a game. It was a card game. And this card was Rhoda Fortuna. And it was the goddess Fortuna. It was a representation of the goddess Fortuna. And a lot of the imagery that we see in this card is held over from some of these fancier decks. Um, a lot of these older decks have um, a lot of this imagery, but the thing that this card doesn't have that many of the other older versions do is the goddess Fortuna represented. And sometimes she was blindfolded and sometimes not, but in any case, she's not here. So quickly, because now I feel like I'm taking forever. Quickly, we have the little red devil is supposedly Anubis, a representation of the underworld, of the psychopomp that can go in between realms. The Sphinx is a symbol of challenge, and here she's got an Egyptian headdress, which we also see in the chariot card. The Sphinx is where Egyptian headdress is, so there's a little um, pull-through from the chariot, and she's holding the sword, which is a symbol of truth. Um, we can dig more into that. The snake is a symbol of transformation. Then we have earth, air, fire, and water represented by these creatures. They are all the uh, fixed astrological signs. So we have Leo, Taurus, Aquarius, and Scorpio, with the eagle slash phoenix as the representation of Scorpio. That, For those of you that don't know, Scorpio isn't just the scorpion imagery it's a uh, scorpio is also phoenix imagery or eagle imagery those are both the symbols of scorpio um, and then the symbology is kind of muddled it's arguable about what all the symbology in the middle means um, if you read the letters going in one direction it's t-a-r-o tarot maybe probably not if you go the other way it's torah right, which is um, a, a sacred book of the, the Jewish faith. Um, you could also do R-O-T-A, which is the Latin word for wheel. So it could be that. These could also be letters that represent the elements of earth, air, fire, and water. Um, we don't, there, there's a lot of argument to be seen as. And then there are four Hebrew letters, um, which supposedly translate to Yahweh, Y-H-W-H, which is the word for God. So as you can see, slash here, there is so much going on in this card. And now I'm going to shut up because I've been talking forever. What did I miss? <laughs> okay, well, um, just we'll go back to the letters. And interesting mm-hmm. enough, the Paul Foster case um, deck or book uh, one of the things that they he talks about is rota taro gra, ot, orat tora ator. Now, that's the five words that it can spell. Ator, as you said, wheel, is also an old Latin form for the Egyptian goddess Hathor. So if you translate the particular set of words in the way that was read, it would be the wheel of tarot speaks the law of Hathor or the law of nature. When you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, God, I've got to pull this off of this one place that I normally read at the end of the time, but because we hit it, it was like, oh, my goodness. And the um, symbols 
that we have, which are interesting in the center, the ones that look kind of squiggly and all that, it's basically those are alchemical symbols for mercury, sulfur, and salt. And then the correspondences are in um, different uh, level. It would be the gunas of yoga, which is sattva, mercury, raja, sulfur, tamas, salt. And, of course, yeah. if you're looking at the process, it's, it's basically going disillusion, which is what the snake, the, the disillusion, the going, the breaking apart, creates the next level, which is the um, manifestation, which technically Anubis, Hermes representation is, represent, is putting into effect. But uh, you basically have an alchemical formula overlaid by a um, Hebrew letters plus the actual, um, I wouldn't, at this point, Latin terms that you, you've worked into it. So it's kind of, and then the three circles, um, you know, you've got the manifestation again, the three worlds similar, of, similar to the Hierophant. So it kind of, it, it it has a, a, dark, a deeper meaning than what we yeah. as readers tend to have a chance to use because yeah. um, we kind of, but, but if you take that and you, you move forward, you've got, you know, and I, I do love the Phoenix slash Eagle slash Scorpio card uh, and representation here, of course, is, is the, the bird. They haven't made it clear what kind, but they leave you with it. Um, yeah. But it, you know, I, the 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 I, the imagery are um, gives you understanding accordingly. I mean, obviously, the meaning for divination is success, unexpected turn of luck, change of fortune for better, creative evolution within the laws of chance. That would be the positive, again, if it was reversed, or cards around it bringing it a less positive way of seeing it could be a failure of an enterprise or setbacks, um, or you need, you know, you sow what you reap kind of a thing in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a more like uh, a justice way. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, and, you know, the things... Again, the Sphinx is, is um, wisdom and the principle of equilibrium, stability admits movement. So she's, she's basically, she's sitting on the wheel. The others are yeah. floating around the wheel, so you can tell there's a movement. But ultimately going to the top is you gain wisdom from brought into manifestation, what then doesn't work, and you go back around for another try. And... As I say, this is very poignant to what we are seeing in our in the United States. I'm not even going to go with the world; just the United States right now. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you said that. You know, when when this card comes up in a reading, it's often like, okay, there's some there's a shift happening, right? Like I feel like sometimes when the wheel of fortune shows up, especially which we'll talk about in a little while, like the deck that I use, it's a it's a very shifted meaning it's not um it, it's a little bit different than the, the mainstream writer weight smith deck but it always feels like the circumstances that you're you're in are temporary or the the change is coming or you're in this liminal space right before the mm-hmm. change comes mm-hmm. so when you start to look at all this symbology here there's a lot at play there's like challenge and and underworld energies and all all the fixed signs of the zodiac, the fixed signs, the ones known for being stubborn and not changing. <laughs> you know, speaking as one of those fixed signs, right? Like I'm a Taurus. Right? They're known for being fucking stubborn and not changing. So it's so fascinating that we have all of this symbology with and and the symbol in the center. Uh, you know, it has the sign of Taurus and it has the sign of Aquarius. But the like worked in. It's kind of like a bind rune in the middle. There's like you know mm-hmm. it's a it's all this stuff going on. But the other symbols are not for Leo or um, 
Scorpio, unless there's symbols for those signs that I'm not aware of and that, you know, that that, that is what they are. I could be wrong. Um, but there's just, there's so much going on. It's like, it takes it, it takes like, okay, your circumstances are about to shift and it sinks it down into the next level. Like, yeah, your, your, your overarching circumstances are about to shift, but now you may also want to look at your life more deeply. You may want to take a darker look. You may need to connect to God. You may need to look at where you're fixed and stuck. Like it's, it feels really way more intense when you start to look at what each symbol shows you. Right, right. And, of course, this, the, the eight spokes in the center will have meaning in both our decks that we'll talk about, but it's also the symbol that is repeated on the fool, that, you know, the card of the fool yeah. on his garment. So a connection going to the unmanifested into you know, the, the, the actual numerological aspect of the one and the zero. Yeah. And, you know, we have um, the magician being one manifestation, that part of it. So it's, it, I think it, it kind of, it ties in in layers. And mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing that this card is here because it's, Technically, without the zero being part of the number deck, it's the halfway point in terms of what we're dealing with. You know, it's kind of yeah. not quite. It's, it's, the, it's that, that moment of sh- uh, shifting and moving. So, um, I think it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. So that's, that's kind of where my see, and of course, um, we'll go at the very end. I will kind of babble a little bit about Paul Foster case and some of the, the other things. But um, do you want to take a break right now and then we'll come back yeah. and you can kind of talk about your deck and all that and we can wander through some more stuff. Sounds good. We'll be back in a minute. Okay. Yeah. for Bach. So. Yes. Not a needle-pulling thread. My God, every time I hear that in my head, it's so needle-pulling thread. We'll never forget <laughs> that. Um, it's your time and turn to talk about your deck because that's sort of a, a, it's a different version. It's, it's a, a more earthy version in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. centered around more of our own kind of what we have as a spirituality. So for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, those of you who have been playing along at home, that's my new favorite saying today. Uh, you heard <laughs> me talk about my deck already, but uh, if you haven't tuned in before or, you know, you forgot, the deck that I read with is called the Druid Craft Tarot deck. It's uh, my favorite deck. It's super pretty. I love the artwork. Um, but this deck is written by, um, Stephanie and Philip Cargom, who, um, Philip Cargom is the founder of the OBOD. He's a Druid and this deck, the artwork is, um, a little bit different than what you find in the Rider-Waite-Smith, uh, not always, but often. 
Uh, and it very much follows a long concept that the major arcana represents a journey or a rite of passage and that you start as the fool. And then there are these marking posts along the way where you reach the next level um, or deeper level or higher level, however you might look at that. And in this uh, deck, the wheel of fortune is one of the cards that's really, really different. Um, so yeah, so the way it's different, first of all, it's called the wheel. It's not called the wheel of fortune. It's called the wheel. So it completely takes the origins. If this card was originally Fortuna, it's gone now. They've completely removed Fortuna, which is interesting. If you consider Fortuna is a Roman goddess, uh, and that these, the, it's likely one of the arguments is that the tarot originated in Italy, uh, and this is very Celtic. My deck is very Celtic-based, so it would make sense to remove that lineage. Eh, you know, thoughts. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, so the imagery on the card in this deck is a is a woman, a red-headed woman, very Celtic-looking. And in the write-up, they explain that this is supposed to be Arian Road, who is the goddess of the sky. And in this card, she is on the beach, and she is holding a eight-spoked wheel, uh, like a necklace charm in her hand. It's hanging from a necklace. She is leaning over on the beach using a wand and drawing a circle in the sand. But you can tell from the way it's drawn that she's drawing the circle counterclockwise. Uh, being on the beach, she's also right next to the opening of a cave in the cliffside. So there is all this liminal space stuff going on. She's at a cave's entrance. So she's inside, but not really. She's still outside. She's at the beach, which is neither the ocean nor the land. It's both. It is a liminal space. And Mm -hmm. she's standing inside of this circle, but the circle hasn't been completely finished yet. There's still a little gap in the circle. So she's neither in a circle nor out of a circle. There's all this liminal space stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, this is really a card about cycles and the completion of a cycle and that, you know, you, because she's almost finished drawing that circle, you can see that you're almost there. You've almost reached mm-hmm. the end of this cycle. Uh, and I've, I've always found that difference in artwork to be really curious. It's really changed the way that I read when this card shows up. Mm-hmm. Um and just, you know, quickly, a couple of the messages that are written in the book, that the companion book, the message of the wheel is you see the patterns in your life and the wider patterns in the cycles of birth, life, death, and rebirth. Harvesting the seeds of destiny, you continue to sow the seeds of love. Um, the meaning of this card is trusting in the process of life. If you find this card in your reading, it may indicate that one season or cycle of your life is coming to an end and a new one is beginning. You know, this kind of sounds like the death card, right? If you think about it Mm -hmm. from that way. Mm -hmm. To receive this card is auspicious and you are encouraged to entrust the process of life. You can relax and let go of some control you exert in your life or your relationships. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Uh, In the deepest sense, we are in the hands of the goddess. So it's very interesting. And if you know anything about mythology from, from the, the Celtic systems, the mythology of Arian Road is quite dramatic. And Arian Road is not a gentle goddess. She, you know, as a goddess of the sky, um, she doesn't put up with a bunch of shit. Uh, I, I, Arian Road is one of my more favorite of the Celtic goddesses because I like the cranky goddesses that don't put, put up with a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. The other interesting thing is she has a flail tied into her skirt. It's hanging from her her um, her belt, which is a symbol of harvest, a, a symbol of threshing, of, uh, you know, clearing away. But it's also a symbol of self-flagellation. And so that's a very interesting and, for me, weird thing to have in this card. So I'm always so like blown away and curious about the wheel. And I wish I could talk to them, to the car gums and be like, why, why did you make the changes that you made? It's so different. Right. Wow. Yeah. yeah, Mine actually is, is a similar process, but they don't have a particular deity or goddess or person in it. It's just the wheel, but it is very much, 
about the cycle of the Sabbaths, the cycle of time, but specifically the four quadrants, which represent, you know, air and, you know, fire, water, and earth, and the four seasons. So it has the um, tools in each corner and, of course, flower or the leaf or the, the herb that represents that. So it's very much about, again, cycle and the, the yeah. energy of that movement uh, that you go through. And, and what it isn't necessarily in keeping with the actual year, but where are you in your life, the actual length of your life, um, the actual part of what you're doing, or, you know, movement forward, things, and even in situations such as, you know, um, getting into a new career or getting into a, another, you know, something else or you're really coming into your stride and something. So um, very cyclic. And both of our mm-hmm. decks seem to go with that kind of energy. And I truly love the Weight Rider Smith deck and the Paul Foster Case deck. But... Sometimes for doing what we do as a, you know, what we do, reading cards, helping people, it makes it easier if we don't overlay so much of that other information. We just utilize it in maybe a different way when we talk to them. But um, I I couldn't see talking about this is, you know, the sulfur and the... uh, salt of your life and you need to add mercury to change it. I just don't think that would work. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but you know what? That's interesting though, right? Because if you look at the origins of, of these fraternal orders and some of these esoteric things, this all does go back to alchemy and what the magicians of, of the you know, 1700s were doing. And that's exactly what you're talking about, you know, adding the mercury to the action and doing all of the the steps, right? So it, it mm-hmm. that definitely is part of this card, you know, that alchemy. Yeah. 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 Yes. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I think that uh, in terms of that, that's part of it. And, and the, the Hebrew letter is calf, which is hand of man, basically mm. the grasping hand of man to hold, to comprehend, to master. So in, as opposed to the hand of God or the divine or the goddess, however we want to formulate it, which um, we actually were talking about in the hermit before um, in terms yeah. of this. So it does have that. And, of course, its polarities are wealth and poverty, which I think are mm-hmm. interesting because, of course, we, we – we talk about things in a materialistic point of reference, and yet what is the wealth that you have in love and um, creativity and mm-hmm. things that have a different meaning than what we've made the physical attribute of wealth? Yeah. And um, right now, more than ever, I think that's also in our faces <laughs> if we're looking mm-hmm. at our current plight in terms of that. So Yeah. Yeah. And there's some foreshadowing in this card too, where we when we get to the end of the major arcana with the world card, we see a repeat of this pattern of the four corners. And it's it's different. Mm-hmm. You'll see when we get there the artwork is different. But that Aquarius, Scorpio, Leo, Taurus energy, those four cardinal or not cardinal, the four fixed signs show up again at the very end and so there is you know and the, and the very end is, is 21 it's the the 20 the number 21 but it's the 22nd card right because we start mm-hmm. with zero um, mm-hmm. you know so it's it's it are we halfway through are we you know like why would this representation be mirrored when we reach the end it's something mm-hmm. interesting it's another curious you know, it, it's curious to look, and now that we're kind of doing this really intentionally, I've, I've done this process myself as a, as a tarot learner and as a spiritual mm-hmm. learner. I've gone through the cards one at a time. And, and when you do that, 
And I don't just mean like today I'm going to read about this, but like as a spiritual process of deepening my relationship to each of the major arcana. And you, every time I do this, because I've done it over the years many times, there's something else that stands out. Like, oh, I never, I, I ignored this follow through. And, and honestly, I haven't done it with the Rider Waite Smith deck in probably at least 15 years, if not longer, because I've been using the Druidcraft deck for so long. My relationship with that has deepened immensely, you know? So it's like, like the uh, Sphinx showing up here. This getting ready for our show today, this is the first time it's really dawned on me that there's this Sphinx thing going on in the, in the, um, in the major arcana. And now I'm like, well, where else does the Sphinx show up? And I'm like excited to go and explore and see if there are other Sphinxes hidden anywhere in these cards. Mm -hmm. It was interesting to see the patterns. um, And, and I choose to believe that that's not accidental. You know, I choose to believe that that writer and weight were very intentional in the instructions they gave to Smith to create the art for these cards. Mm yeah, yeah, it's just fascinating. I know, it's it's got a lot of, there's so much, and as you say, this card really has a lot of layers, but I also believe that is because whether it's officially midway or not, I believe this is a shift for the next grouping of the Major Arcana cards to come, and... Um, most of it is, you know, I mean, we've talked about the colors, you know, that the the uh, snake and the the uh, four, um, well, they're actually the four fixed signs um, icons are yellow, and then there's a blue sphinx and a blue, you know. So we do have colors that are part of it in this particular rendition. Mm-hmm. Ours are a little different on the ones we've used, but... Um, you know, it's it's basically this is you know rhythm and mastery, and it's about learning cycles. And I think that's another reason why um, I've always loved labyrinths because it's it's and not mazes, but labyrinths is that there's it's a rhythm that you go in to to yeah. move through it. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, uh, I will mention that the intelligence that they basically give this is the intelligence of conciliation or the rewarding intelligence of those who seek and basically the concept of conciliation is the establishment of harmony and order and um, bringing agreement concord sympathy peace and amity and tranquility and if you think that's what we need right now in the world but especially in the United States that is what we need to have moving forward. So mm-hmm. um, I found that when I was reading this, I was really putting it into effect to what I'm experiencing personally yeah. and then what I'm experiencing in conjunction to the outside world as it's going, but then what I'm seeing, um, which we discussed at the beginning of our show, what is happening in our country. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I yeah. find that we have um, a pattern and a rhythm that is, is, and it's, again, the movement. So hopefully with what this card actually brings forth, we can see it come into better harmony and, mm-hmm. you know, in our, in our personal world here. So, yeah. Um, I also think it's interesting because it, if you look at the imagery on the, the Rider Waite Smith deck, it it feels like the wheel is moving counterclockwise, which mm-hmm. you know, as witches, we know, you know, counterclockwise is the releasing, it's the banishing, it's the, you know, it's the dark moon energy to go counterclockwise. Yeah. Um, you know, Wittershins and and the Sphinx is facing that direction as though she's moving along. The snake is moving downward as if moving along and then Anubis is moving is rising up as though you know going from from six to three on the clock you know and I feel Mm -hmm. like that to to me this represents a a releasing to move up a releasing like clearing away what no longer serves sweeping it away to move up to rise up 
um, to come out from the underworld. Like Anubis is like, okay, you've been down here long enough. You did the self-exploration and the self-reflection that was needed. Now let's, let's lift up. Let's rise up. Let's see what's next. Um, you know, let's bring you out from the underworld. And if you think of, you know, this is not mentioned in the, the iconography or the, the, the story behind the Wheel of Fortune. It's just what's coming through for me right now. But mm-hmm. to me, this feels very Inanna, which is interesting to have come up during a Venus retrograde. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Inanna goes to the underworld to see her sister Ereshkigal. And Ereshkigal, for me, you know, is this goddess of the underworld. And you can't stay down there with her forever. You have to come back up into the land of the living. Inanna had to find her way back up into mm-hmm. the land of the living. And that also feels like a lot of what's happening right now. You know, Anubis is showing us the way back up. Um, the web of lies, the, the bullshit of patriarchy, the, uh, the using of capitalism, like all of these things are being revealed to us. The truth of, of how systemic racism is in our country, these truths are being revealed. This is actually good. It's like getting mm-hmm. the poison out. It's getting the poison out, and now we can rise up. And the pandemic is actually also helping all of this come into light. It's showing where all of the, the dents in our armor are and how we can be better and stronger and take care of each other, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it feels hard to come out from the underworld, and it is. Anana had to call on allies. She couldn't do it by herself. So remember that, too, you know? You're not alone. Right. And I think that's really important. That's what, if you think about what's happening, they're calling on community. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always mean, calling on community means coming together for the common good, not one person's good or one group's good, but the common good of all. And I firmly feel that what we are experiencing is just that, a disillusion of the, the the oneness of it's only for one group or one you know one situation or one person right and then moving into this bigger picture and and that's really important for us to come into uh, an understanding and uh, bring our energy there we might not be able to go out and march or do the things that might have been done in times past. I mean, there are a lot that are doing it no matter what. But we can put our energy there. We can we can give thought to it, just like this show has given thought and voice to yeah. something else that we are seeing and bringing hope and, and movement to. But um, like everything, you know, there's a shedding. You know, um, one of the things having had snakes that um, at first I was really, it was like, yeah, okay. And then I began to actually, Mm -hmm. when I finally got one and I actually got a personal rapport and and felt this whole, you know, and, and, you know, I, you know, kept it in a little sack and I'd walk around with it because if you put it in a dark thing, it's not going to come out. It just hibernates. And, you know, she was, her name was Celine and, and, um, but I would watch her. And she would, you know, when it got to a point where there was no movement because she was getting ready to shed, she would just sit there. She wouldn't do anything. She didn't want to eat. Yeah. Their skin goes over their eyes. They get blind sort of and and everything. And then suddenly this urge to move happens. And then they start rubbing up against the rocks and everything and pulling it. And the skin comes out inside out, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, if you're looking at counterclockwise, winter sheds, inside out. And the new yeah. emerges. So there is a there's something here about the pictorial, but it's also the movement. And absolutely, you know, I think you know. I was that's my out there for the world. Yeah, um, yeah. And just yeah. A, a quick note because you know we're coming to the end of this too. I also you know we we talked about each of these six astrological figures. They have a book. Right, they're each holding a book, or it looks like they're reading the book. There, that you know, there's a representation there of wisdom, of learning, of knowledge, and that you mm-hmm. can't shift on these scales. You can't grow. You can't move from one form to to the next 
without knowledge, without preparation, without doing what needs to be done to get you there. You know, so there's, there's that level here too. This isn't, this isn't happening just on its own. You know, the, the snake shedding its skin is a natural biological process, but in order for that to happen, it has to be ready to get bigger, right? It has to eat and, and do, you know, it's a, it's not just like the skin has to be sloughed off. It is a process of the snake getting bigger. Uh, and, and this is about you getting bigger and taking up more space and becoming a bigger you. And, and that can be scary for some of us. Some of us rock that and some of us don't. You know, that, it can be hard to, to be more shiny. Uh, and it's important. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. wise. Very wise. We're grateful for that. And this is one of those side notes before we go into our spiel before we leave. I was sitting here going, okay, if we're going counterclockwise, how do I do this? If I reverse the, the name of he who shall not be named, how do you, what is the reverse of it? And it's P-Mert. So if I look at P-Mert as how I will talk about this person, I will start using that. And I think that's my icon of how to deal with reversing the energy of someone who is so, you know, like, Get get thee gone. Get thee hence. You know? Right. So, but right. that's my humor for the ending of this. Of the, <laughs> I like it. More serious. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Well, we gotta laugh. I mean, that's the other part of it. Is is it is also serious and so scary and so angering. But there, even in the little things like something like this. Obviously, um, we have a lot of incredible people that are comedians and comedians and who are right. working to bring that humor in different ways out. Um, but we yeah. need to find it in our time, you know. I mean, I said to Phoenix before I got on the show that I was getting ready to go to Costco and I felt I literally had to suit up with my armor and, you know, mm-hmm. put on the, the different things that you do to go, you know, not just the physical things, but the psychological things that you need to do because that in its own right is what the present situation is requiring us to do to to go forward, not to be there forever, but to go forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So profound but there we are now i'm turning it over to you for our our last bit of of wisdom for the show and what will be coming up next week yeah so we're continuing to do this fun little series of exploring the major arcana and next week we slide right into justice so who knows what the the next week will bring hopefully some justice that would be nice Uh uh-huh uh and you know we have um in the next couple of weeks, uh, probably not until July, but, uh, you know, hang in there with us. We'll be having another Ask a Witch episode coming up soon. So please do go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com. There is a little questionnaire there if you would like us to answer a question on, on the show, whether it's about your own personal experience or just a, a general witchcraft question, if it's about a god um, or, a, you know, a rando thing that happened to you, even if you may want us to pull some cards on a situation you're having, all of those things are welcome. Just go to our website, witchpriestesscauldron.com, and we will try to get to your question on our next Ask a Witch segment, which is coming mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, that's all. Uh, we'll be back that's next it. week talking about some sweet, sweet justice. <laughs> yeah. And who knows, as you say, what may happen between now and then that we will wind up bringing forth as well in terms of events that happen. Absolutely. So, but until then, be safe um, and keep keep a, a light burning and be, you know, aware there is light in the darkness and one step in front of the other. So... Blessed be, and see you on the radio next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.